Good morning, everybody. Today we are learning Yeshua, Parak Chaf, for the past two parakim. We saw the division of the land of Eretz Yisrael to the different Shvatim. In today's Parak and Parak Chaf, as well as in Parak Chaf Aleph, we're going to learn about these cities which were given to the Levim and the Kahanim. So in today's Parak, Parak Chaf, we're going to learn about the Ari Miklat, that the Levim were specifically given the Ari Miklat, the cities of refuge, where if somebody killed the Shege, he would run to the Ari Miklat, and then the Galadam, the relative would not be allowed to kill him. So that's, that's going to be the subject of today's Parak. So let's see Parak Chaf, Pasuk Aleph. Hashem turns to Yeshua and he says, the Gemara already picks up, we'll discuss it at the end of the parak more, the Gemara Makis picks up that this is one of the only places in Navi where we find such a statement. It sounds like there's a Pasuk in the Torah. It sounds like this is a Pasuk in the Torah itself, not a Pasuk in the Vimek Suvim. We'll discuss this at the end of the Shir Bez Hashem. Pasuk Be'ez Da'wa B'nei Yisrael Lamer, Tal B'nei Yisrael like this, Nulachem Etz Aram, Mikla Dashi Dibarati Alechem, Biyad Ma'isha, but now it's time to set up the Aram Miklat, like I told Meish, Lanu Shomer Etzech, Makan Abish Meshkaga, Bivli Dats, that somebody, a Retech, somebody who kills Meshkaga, he should run there, and that will be a place of refuge that the relative will not be allowed to kill. The Psukim in the Torah are very similar to the Psukim of the Gemara, Makas, Navzayin, Navchas, Darshans, from each one of these words, different Jerashas, different Halachas based on these words, that it has to be a very specific type of Shegeg, he has to, it has to be done in a way that it was clearly not an Ainus, not a Mazit. So the person will run away, the person who kills will run to one of the cities and is going to repeat to the elders of the city what happened. And now they're going to let him in. And now the Gerald is not going to be allowed to kill him. The Gerald is going to chase him and they're not going to let the Gerald into the army. They're not going to let the Gerald in. They're going to tell him that you're not allowed to kill the murderer, you're not allowed to kill the person who killed the Shege because he did it by mistake, it was an accident. Had explained his this pasuk over here that originally everybody would run to the Ari Miklat. Aside, a person killed the Mezik Shegig Einis. So first everybody would run to the Ari Miklat. Then, as the Mishnah Marcus tells us, then they would bring them to the Bezdin. And now, if Bezdin says that the person was a Shegig, then they would bring him back to the Ari Miklat. If he was a Mezik, they would kill him. If he was an Einis, they would tell him that Ari Miklat doesn't work. So therefore, like this. So now, if the person was a Shegig, they would return him back to the Ari Miklat. And the halach is that he stays in, in the Ari Miklat until the Kain Gadol dies. The Mepharshim explained over here, the Gemara already discusses the reason why specifically the Mises Kain Gadol, he has to wait to Mises Kain Gadol, it's because the Gemara says the Kain Gadol himself should have davened that the people shouldn't kill B'Shegek, which you see the responsibility that the leader has to have, he has to daven for the people that you don't do Averis. The Radak, and even Averis B'Shegek, the Radak over here brings, brings the Safri, the Safri gives a few other drashas to explain why specifically he has to wait till the, the Kain Gadol is there, the Radak brings down, that a Ritzach emerges Makatsu Yom of Shaladim, and the Kain Gadol is Mairach, and the Kain Gadol is Mairach, the Shnei of Klai Yisrael. The Kain Gadol lengthens the years of Klai Yisrael, and therefore it's not proper that the, the Ritzach should be running free when the Kain Gadol is still around. Rebbe says that the Ritzach is Metameyaz Eretz Yisrael, and he, he makes the Shekhinah go away from Klai Yisrael. When somebody kills somebody else, even by accident, the Shekhinah leaves. The Kain Gadol brings the Shekhinah into Klai Yisrael, so therefore they can't live, they can't coexist together, and that's why the Ritzach has to wait till the Kain Gadol dies. Pasuk Zayin, Vayakdishu Es Kadesh Pagol Bar Naftali Lashchem Bar Haframe Es Kiris Arba Hichav Mari Huda. So there are three Arab Miklats, three cities that they set up in Israel, and then Pasuk Chaz Umeiver Leyard and Richem Israel Chav Nosnu Es Betzer Amidbar B'Misha Mimat Ruvein Es Ramais Begilad Mimat God Es Goylem Nebashin Mimat Minhashe. They set up three cities in Israel. And these three cities in Eivah Yardin, outside of Eretz Yisrael, which we'll discuss more down in the parak, the three cities in Eivah Yardin were set up in Meishar Benu. However, the Aramiklats didn't work. They didn't go into effect until the Aramiklats were, all of them were set up in Eretz Yisrael. So until all six were set up, the three in Eivah Yardin didn't work either. Pasuk Tetz, Eila, Hoyu, Aram, Adal, Lachob, Eretz Yisrael, Agar, Agar, Mesechel, Anashama, Kalmak, and Nevesh, Mishkaga, 
These are the armikots were set up, and the Gael Dam, the relative, was not allowed to kill the Ritzach, was not allowed to kill the murderer if he ran into the armikot. So, a few quick ha'aras, a few quick ideas in regards to the parsha, in regards to the idea of the armikot. So, let's start off. There's a beautiful chinuch in Parsha's Masay, Mitzvah Tavches. The chinuch over there is addressing. Why exactly? We'll see later on more in, in, the, in the next parak that the Ari Miklod was also where the Levium used to live. It was primarily for the Kahanim Levium. So the question is, why was it specifically given for the Levium? So the Chenach brings down that one of the reasons is, Because the Levium were specifically known as tremendous Tamidachim Tzadikim Chasidim, people who worked on their Midas, therefore Yadu Allah Kol Shalai Yishtamu Retzach, Says the Chinuch that the Levim were on a tremendous, they were on a very high Madriga, and therefore they specifically put the Reitzach in the city with the Levim because they knew that even, let's say, a Reitzach killed one of the relatives of the Levim, since the Levim were on Shemaila, they knew that they were not going to take revenge and not going to kill the Reitzach. So that's why they put them specifically in the city of Levim, because they knew Levim would not take revenge on these people who killed Bishagik. Other Mepharshim bring down, also beautiful shot that they want that part of the kapara, part of the process of going into Golis, was that so they can get a kapara, so they can get a atonement, and also so they could learn to do tshuva. And one of the, one of the most important ways for a person to do tshuva is, is to be surrounded, is to be in the, an environment with positive people, with tzaddikim, with tamidah chamim, where people are working on themselves, and that's why they specifically, the, the rights were specifically placed in the cities of Levim, because Levim were dedicated to the Avedis Amidas, Avedis, they were dedicated to Avedis HaKadosh, and that's why they were there to influence, to help the Reitzchem do tshuva to help them work on themselves. That's one idea why specifically the Reitzchem were placed in the cities with the Levim. Moving along to a beautiful Chavetz Chaim, the Chavetz Chaim Parshas Vetzchanan discusses a very interesting idea. The Gemara brings down in Makis Amdav Tesem that the cities that in Eli Yardin, the three cities that were supposed to be designated for Aramiklat, did not work, they did not take effect until the three, until the three Aramiklats Yeshua was going to set up in Eretz Yisrael. So the Chavetz Chaim asks, if Moshe knew that they weren't going to go into effect until Yeshua sets them up, so why did, Yeshua, why did Moshe even bother to designate them? Why didn't he wait for, till Yeshua, for Yeshua to come along? And then once Yeshua was in Eretz Yisrael, he would designate the ones in Eretz Yisrael and designate the ones in El Vayard, and then they would all go into effect together. What was the point of Moshe Rabbeinu designating the Ari Miklat? So the Chavetz Chaim says a beautiful Nakuda, a very important Yisrael, how we should live our lives. He brings down that... That Moshe Rabbeinu said to himself that even though I can't finish the mitzvah, even though I won't be able to set up the ones in Eretz Yisrael, anything that is in my kayach, anything which is in my power, I am going to do. The mitzvah that I can be mekayim myself, I'm going to mekayim it. I'm not going to say, oh, I can't finish the mitzvah, I can't do the entire thing, so now I won't do even a little bit. No, says the Chavetz Chaim, you have to start, you have to do what you can. And he brings down, beautifully, this is how we can explain the Avastar of Nasan, and the Avastar of Nasan the says a person shouldn't distance himself, a person shouldn't prevent himself from doing a malacha, from doing a mitzvah that he can't finish. So explains the Chavetz Chaim, this is exactly the Nakuda, that even though sometimes there are certain mitzvahs, there are certain things that you won't be able to finish, but you'll be able to start them, you will be able to do as much as you can do, says the Chavetz Chaim, that's what the Avastar of is saying. A person shouldn't tell himself, I can't finish, I won't start. No, a person should start. And he brings down, 
The Chavetz Chaim himself brings down that, unfortunately, this is one of the tactics that the Yitzhahar uses to try to prevent us from doing mitzvahs and to try to get us to do averis. He brings up the Yitzhahar as Mephat is a person. It convinces the person, I can't be Mekayim Mitzvah Shemir Salash. I won't be able to not speak Lashon Hara my entire life. There's a, a point that I'm going to have to speak Lashon Hara. So since I can't prevent myself the entire time, I'm going to speak over my, of my lifetime. I'm going to speak Lashon Hara. So I don't have to be so careful. Says the Chavetz Chaim, no, that's exactly the Kudan. Some Saver also points this out. But that's the avoid of the Yitzhahar. The trick of the Yitzhahar is that he tells a person, you won't be able to do it for, your rest, for the rest of your life, so why fight? No, says the Chavetz Chaim, that's what Moshe Rabbeinu is teaching us. Even though you won't be able to finish the mitzvah, even though you won't be able to do the whole thing, still, you have to start. Your avoid is to figure out what Hashem wants from you right now. And Chavetz Chaim, in another place, beautifully explained, the Pasuk says, the Pasuk in Devarim, Parak Yod, brings down, the Pasuk says, what does Hashem want from you? And the Pasuk goes on to explain, Yeres Hashem, and that we should follow the ways of Hashem. So the Chavetz Chaim points out the Nikuda of this Pasuk, to read, a way to read this Pasuk, that the idea is, Va'ata, and now, Ma'ashem Lekecha, that the question a Jew always has to ask himself is, what does HaKadosh Baruch Hu want from you, Ata, right now? My question isn't, what am I going to do in a week from now? What am I going to do in a year from now? How's it going to work out? That's not the question. The question you have to ask yourself is, Mosh, Va'ata, right now, what does Hashem want from me? And with that, I'll be able to fight our Yitzhahara. That's one of the ways I'll be able to c- combat this tactic that the Yitzhahara uses. The Chavetz Chaim brings on a Mashal. He says, somebody once, came, somebody once came to him and said, Rebbe, I was in the middle of Shema Nesri. I was all the way up to the last bracha, and I didn't have any kavana. Is it still worth it that for the last bracha, for the last few lines, I should have kavana? So the Chavetz Chaim said, absolutely. That's exactly that. The Yetzar tells you, eh, once you didn't have kavana in the entire Shema Nesri, it's not worth it. All the way at the end, you, you lost the Shema Nesri. No, says the Chavetz Chaim, you didn't lose Shema Nesri. In the beginning, you didn't have kavana, but at least for the last portion, the last part, that is your avayda right now. To have kavana, to have the concentration that you can have right now. There's another beautiful idea, this idea of working on the small steps right now. There's a beautiful Me'iri in Pirkei Yavis and Paragimel. The mission over there says that that all goes after the majority of your actions. So there's a bunch of beautiful pshatim in the Mepharshim over there. But the Me'iri has a beautiful pshat. He says that, that the idea, the way that a person works on himself is he says to Meiri, sometimes we think, people think that in their Avedis Amidas, the way that they're going to work on themselves, the way that a person changes himself, is that he makes this huge, huge change. That he, he's Mechabla, huge Kabbalah, and he says that I'm not doing this anymore, and he makes a huge positive change in his life. Says to Meiri, that's not necessarily how it works. Sometimes, that's how, sometimes a person needs that, like the Gemara tells us, that Rebbe pointed out, that sometimes there are those moments in our life where we could totally turn ourselves around. However, the Miri says that the majority of times, the way a person changes himself is through the small positive actions. It's those small actions, those small things that a person does day by day. Right now, what can I do? Small action to change myself, do something positive. That's the way that a person is judged and that's the Avedis Hashem. That's how HaKadosh Baruch Hu is going to help us be able to change in a positive fashion. Mir actually brings down over there an interesting halacha. Kivagar brings this down as well that a person who has the option to give $1,000 to Tzedakah to one person or to give $1 to different people, he says you should give $1 to individual people because through that a person will train himself to become a better person. He'll be able to train himself to do positive things and that's the way that we work on, work on ourselves doing positive small actions of change. Two more ideas in regards to Dari Miklat. The Meshachachma brings down, we brought down before the Gemara said, that the Ari Miklats didn't kick in, the, three Ari, the six Ari Miklats didn't kick, down, kick in until all of them were designated. So the Meshachachma asks, why? Why, when Meshachachma de- designated the three in Ari Yardin, why didn't they take effect until Yeshua designated the ones in Eretz Yisrael? So he brings down, to shot them in his second shot, he brings down, 
We explain that the I'm sorry, the Ritzach, the murder doesn't leave until the Gadol himself dies. However, the Pesachim bring down that Elazar, the Kain Gadol, wasn't going to die until at least the entire end of the division of Eretz Yisrael. Beautiful pshat says the Meshach that the girl the Ritzach only leaves when the Kayan Gadol dies. However, if the Ari Miklat went into effect right away when Meshach designated them, the Pesukim, we knew that the Pesukim told us that Elazar Kayan Gadol was not going to die until after Chalukas Arts. So that would mean that a person, a Ritzach, went into the Ari Miklat immediately when Meshach designated it. What would happen is that he, he knew he wouldn't go free at least till Elazar would die, which he knew wasn't going to happen for a very long period of time. And therefore, says the Meshach we didn't want to take away the Ritzach's hope. That the Torah wanted to give the Ritzach hope that he can leave immediately. Even though it could be that Ritzach will be there for a few, few minutes, or it could be that he'll be there for 50 years. It just depends on when the Kayan Gadol dies. However, the Torah didn't want to take away the Tikva, the hope that the Ritzach would have, if he knew for sure he wasn't going to leave for 15 years, he would totally be Miyayish, he would totally lose hope. And this is definitely a very important idea. The idea of a person not giving up hope, not giving up on themselves, giving up on others, not to be Miyayish. And that's what the Torah is telling us. That's why the Aramiklots didn't take effect. One more Ara, the Pasuk we brought down right away at the beginning of the parak. Started off by Dabra Hashem Yeshua Lamer that Hashem turns to Yeshua and he says, The Gemara Makas already picks up on this. And the Gemara says it's a very strange lashon. This sounds like a lashon shall tire. So the Gemara over there says, says the Gemara yet alpha medalith. The Gemara says, The reason why the Torah uses this lashon is because because they are discussing things which are in the Torah. What does that mean? So Rashi explains. The simple understanding of Rashi is that this parashavari miklat is one of the only places in Nevi'im and Ksuvim that we are discussing a mitzvah in the Torah, a mitzvah de rice. The rest of the Pesukim in Nevi'im and Ksuvim are discussing mitzvah de Rabban and Takanis, Midas, and therefore it doesn't use this Lashon Shel Torah. However, the parashavari miklat, that's a mitzvah de rice. And that's why the Torah uses a Lashon of the Torah itself by Dabra Hashem Yeshua Lamar. So there's an interesting Maritzchiyist, we'll just speak out two Nekudas over here, the Maritzchiyist. In his Ksavim and Maimur Dibra Nevi'im, he brings down, first of all, he says that all of the Allahs, as we go through the Nevi'im and Ksuvim, we're going to see that there's many Dinim, which seemingly are Dinim Dairaisa, that the Pesukim are going to discuss, many Dinim Dairaisa, Hilchas Avelos, Hilchas Kedushin, Hilchas Kinyana, many things we learn from Nevi'im and Ksuvim. And the Maritzchias asks, I, we know that a Navi is not in Mechadish, any Allahs, says the Maritzchias, based on this Gemara, that what that every Allah really, which the Gemara, which the Pesukim and Nevi'im and Ksuvim talk about, is really Allah Hamashim Sinai. It's really was taught to Meishu Rabbeinu. I so why is it Nevi'im? The Torah says because the Nevi'im the Nevi'im wanted to write it down. They wanted to have a makar. They wanted to have a source in the pesukim. However, of course, it was really Allah Meishu Misinai, and that's what he explains. He says because technically there are certain dinim which we learn out from the parsha of Ritzach and Yeshua. There are certain halachas which we learn from there. And says the Maritzchis, though it can't be that this is the makar. This is the source for those halachas because we know a Navi Rishai Lachadish that a Navi is not a Machadish and no halachas. So it must be that all those halachas were said to Meishu Rabbeinu at our Sinai, and therefore the halachas we learn are really just halacha mishmi sinais and they're just written down in the second over here. However, if you look at the Malbim over here, it sounds like from the Malbim that the Malbim disagrees. The Malbim writes in the beginning of the parak over here, that Ratzalaymar says the Malbim that the only place that we find that there are halachas midaraisa which were learned out not in the Torah itself is right over here in Yeshua it sounds a little from the Malbim it's not clear you could learn that the Malbim is saying that it really is halachas midaraisa Sinai, but the place that we're discussing is over here however it seems that the Pasha the simple reading of the Malbim is that it could be that these, this, these halachas of the Ari Miklat certain halachas are learned out the Makar of the halachas are in Yeshua 
And we have to figure out exactly what do we do with this idea that ain't never shalach So how could Yeshua be mechadish and yalachas? If I'm not mistaken, I have to look around more. One of the mafarshim I saw brought down that the same way Moshe Rabbeinu was a navi and Moshe Rabbeinu was allowed to teach us the Torah itself. I and Moshe Rabbeinu is not mechadish and yalachas. So the Ikram already discussed this and say for Ikram, other mafarshim, other Rishayim discussed this that Moshe Rabbeinu lost his bechira and therefore Moshe Rabbeinu didn't have the ability to lie, and that's why we were able to believe we're allowed to trust. The mitzvahs which Moshe Rabbeinu said, again, not for the discussion now, definitely a fascinating, very interesting discussion, exactly why we're able to believe Moshe Rabbeinu, but leaving that aside for now, the Meshach himself, in, in Meshach in Akdama, Tishmaitz writes like that as well, that Moshe Rabbeinu lost his Bechira and Yeshua also lost his Bechira to lie, so it could be, I have to look around the Mepharshim to see, it could be that, just like Moshe Rabbeinu was able to tell us, it could be Yeshua's Talmud, was also able to teach us Dinim Dari Raisa. Tomorrow, Bethesham will pick up with Parakraf Aleph. Have a wonderful day and a free day in Chanukah.